come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And today we are going to be joined by Alana and Raphael from Traveling the World from A to Z. But first, we've got some listener email. All right, first up, we've got an email from Jennifer DeHart. And uh, what, is, what does Jennifer have to say? So the subject line is, whose ship did I pick? So this is going back to our episode not from last week. Last week, our episode was so long, we didn't get to any emails. So the week before that was a create your own ship where uh, we both created our own cruise ship. So, all right, what did Jennifer say? Yeah, so Jennifer said, hello, what a fun episode you created. I was trying to envision what these ships would look like. Maybe you could draw them. You going to do that, Matt? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> and she said, it was close, but I think Matt has the edge due to the planetarium, Booyah! glass bottom viewing, and cuisine he chose. Kimbra had... Spicy. Well, wait a minute. That's my that's my cuisine is spicy. Spicy. Okay. Kimbra had the best ship theme in bars. A frozen bar sounds great. Sorry, Matt, but a soda bar is something my kids would get excited over. But it's soda and stuff, though. But nothing like frozen <laughs> drinks. All right. That's fair. You need a different name. The ports and entertainment are a tie, but I would also love to see Wicked again. A combined ship is the way to go. Well, that's, that's you know, she's kind of going down the middle there, Jennifer. You should have just stuck with my ship. My ship went all the way. I don't know. because <laughs> well, so, so we had another email okay. from Eric, and Eric told us which one he would choose. Which was? Which was the fantastic iguana. Woo woo! But uh, but he said he said add the not blue iguana for those burritos. Oh. But I guess my ship lost again. <laughs> and then he um he actually created his own cruise ship and it's very very long and detailed so I'm not going to read it all but he did post it over on the Facebook cr- community page so yes and it is he spent a lot of time and effort and energy and we thank you very much for doing that definitely check it out because it is really really cool yeah so so far I'm a uh, I'm losing this battle <laughs> Eric also said that uh, he had some bones to pick with us about our our smackdown between Carnival and Royal Caribbean. Which he he didn't think we we gave them a fair assessment comparing, thought we were comparing apples to oranges so to speak. Which, it, look, point taken. Uh, but, but we we were kind of focused on our our ship experiences and cruising out of Tampa. Which, yeah. Uh, but but definitely, we will give Royal Caribbean more opportunities and expect them to win us back over and uh, and I don't know. Maybe they'll be even. I don't know. I don't know. When we cruise again, we'll find out. <laughs> One of these days, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for your email, Eric, and thank you. I think he's a new listener, so thank you for yes, absolutely. checking out the podcast. And then um, the last email that we have is from Scott, the Professor Travel. Professor Travel! He needs like a like an intro thing because he sends us a lot of email, which is cool. So he, he like merits Professor Travel. Do, 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 do. 
Okay, we'll work, we'll work on that, Scott. I'm sorry. We'll work on it. Um, so he has a few different things here. Um, he did he did create his own cruise ship. He did. Do you want to do you want to do that one? So this is I this was like brilliant. Too. I I agree. This is an awesome cruise ship. So this is this is what he's got. It's the Fantastic Collegium, a college experience at sea. Okay, already cool. Courses available during sea days. During shore days, explore destinations in a field study environment. Cruises are trimester-based, that means eight weeks each, with one week in each port. Spring, Eastern, Mediterranean, Croatia, Greece, Turkey, Israel, Jordan, Egypt, Mont- Montenegro, and Slovenia. Okay, that's the, I guess that's the spring itinerary. And then summer, Baltics, Denmark, Germany, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Estonia, Lithuania, and Russia. And then fall, Western Mediterranean, Portugal, Spain, France, Monaco, Italy, Malta, Morocco, and the UK. Food would be based on the port locations, and best, it's worth college credit. So, that's that's an amazing concept. Yeah, that's a really cool cruise. I mean, if you're going to rack up a bunch of student debt, you know, a bunch of uh, student loans and stuff, which I've got my share, you've got your share, might as well be something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Make it a little less painful when you're paying for it 15 years later. Yeah, and then um, and then he gives his top three reasons why he would cruise. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it would be having people to travel with him, vicariously sharing experiences through social media, um, explore places internationally, and the dining experience, explore new foods and ones you love in a way that works best for you. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and then his last main comment is about the French onion soup. Ooh. And he says, Kimber mentioned she liked French onion soup, and if I understood correctly, wanted to find the best. I went to the Palace of Versailles in 2012, and they have a restaurant there. They served us French onion soup with about one centimeter of cheese on top. Crazy good. <laughs> yeah, sold. Yeah, I. so here's the thing. Like, I didn't know if French onion soup was actually an invention of the French, you know, like French fries. I don't think those are. So it's it's good to hear that it is and that you could actually go to France and get some, like, legit French onion soup. Yeah, like, I, I'm all about, sure, going to France, but going to France is not ever something that I've been like, ooh, I desperately want to go there. There's other places I'd prefer to go to first, but... If they've got the French onion soup, that's going to win it over. Yeah, I mean, I fr- I would like to go to France, but it, there's other European places I'd like to visit. Uh, although they have the Louvre, do you know what the Louvre is? It's a museum. It's right? a huge art museum. Yeah. Where the Mona Lisa is. That's not really why I want to go for the Mona Lisa. But anyway, now I have another really strong sell for France, and that's French, French onion, onion soup. soup. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I should have actually. I'm I'm stupid because I should have known that it was legit French because uh, I took French back in high school. I didn't learn very much from it, but I took a semester of French and our French teacher actually made French onion soup for us in class as part of like to, you know, understand the culture and stuff. Oh. Yeah. And it was like a big controversy because a lot of French onion soup is made with wine, like a, a wine uh-huh. poured into it. And so, you know, we were like, I think freshmen or sophomores in high school, 
and it's like the teacher's cooking with wine. I mean, it was cooked. There was no alcohol, but still, you know, oh, you're serving wine to these high school kids and stuff. Was it good? It was delicious. I don't remember... I don't remember how much cheese was on it or if it was just the soup, but I remember the soup was, like, really good. It was better than, like, the, the Campbell stuff, you know. Which we're going to try. <laughs> which which is good. I mean, I'm not knocking the Campbell stuff. Oh. Yeah, we, we actually, because of that, I think, we actually got some just Campbell's French onion soup. We got so We're doing it, like, the cheap, easy way. Yeah, this is the college version. Croutons, like some croutons are going to float in there. And then we, we got some cheese, but we did get... Like legit cheese, right? Did yeah, we got fancy cheese. Yeah, what? Do, I don't remember what. Gr- gr- I can't. Gruyere. Say Gruyere. There Gruyere. You go. Yeah. The G so, cheese. Yeah. So we got some <laughs> action. We got you know the cheese is, is legit. Um, the rest is is we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, French onion soup. Listen, uh, that's something we're doing, kind of to to cope with, with the whole coronavirus thing and being quarantined and just trying to like, remember the our passion for cruising. Uh, what are you guys doing out there to deal with this as far as cruising related stuff? Are you are you sitting in front of the TV looking at a beach scene, drinking frozen drinks? Like shoot us an email and let us know how are you coping with quarantine as is related to cruising. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com and we will discuss what you uh, what you send in in next week's podcast. Yeah, sounds good. But you know what, Matt? I think it's time to talk to Alana and Raphael. Well, wait, before we do that. Before we do that? I'm not done yet. Oh, my goodness. Because there's something else that we've been doing. I know we've probably mentioned this on the podcast, but one of the things we've been doing is really heavily focusing on scuba diving and scuba diving gear and scuba diving videos and just scuba dive crazy. So two things there. One, even though I think we've watched about 80 hours of scuba diving reviews on equipment, <laughs> uh, if for the, for our scuba diver listeners out there, Send us an email and let us know what gear do you use and how do you like it. And if there's something better that you really would like to have, let us know that too. Send us emails, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. We want to know about your, your BCs, your regulators. Uh, we, I think we're good with masks and fins, but if you got something spectacular, let us know about that too. But And also dive computers. Those are the things that we're really looking hard at right now and trying to figure out what, you know, what we want and yeah. what we need and we've, we've got what our, we can afford. We've got our eye on a couple different things, yeah. but of course that's just from internet searches and YouTube videos. Right. We can't go like try it out or test it out or yeah, so, try it on or anything like so that. So we want to hear from like, and most of the videos that we're seeing are like from, from like diving stores and shops. So like we, we want some like personal. Some anecdotal evidence of what is the best (laughs) all right and also we were waiting at chomping at the bit for this new video game to come out called endless blue no no beyond blue beyond endless ocean is a game that used it's an older game but i keep getting them confused beyond blue the game not the suicide prevention thing but (laughs) um it actually it came out on apple devices uh so if you have apple tv if you have an iPad or I think a Mac computer, you can play this game. And it's basically, it's it's free with an Apple Arcade subscription. I don't think you can play it without an Apple Arcade subscription. And uh, you can get a free one month trial of Apple Arcade. And then it's like $4.99 a month. Anyway, I didn't have Apple Arcade, but I wanted to try this game. 
And uh, sadly, it was disappointing. It was <laughs> really disappointing. Not only that, but we had played through what we think is most of the game, and then we stopped for bed, and then the next day we got on to play, and it didn't save. Yeah, it's kind of buggy. But they, I don't know, they released some patches, and they, they're, they're working through that. It's, it's, it's a really cool idea, and it, there's a lot of science and education involved in it. Um, it's in collaboration with Blue Planet. So, you know, it's, it's got some backing. Uh, the, the thing that really I think was a disappointment for us is, one, the gameplay is very repetitive and just kind of gets old real fast. And the, uh, the game is so short, and it's very limited to one location. However, um, I think that if this was a game I would have just come across and not been anticipating it, I would have been really excited for it and been really happy about it and not had those expectations of, of another Endless Ocean game and got like a miniature yeah, you know, I I think I think that was part of game or something. Part of our issue is we had been playing Endless Ocean and had this this vision in our head of what what this game was going to be, and it it's not the same as Endless Ocean. And like you said, if we had just come across it, I'm sure we would have enjoyed it more. It just wasn't what we were used to playing. Right, it's a beautiful game. There's definitely some educational value to it. There's definitely some good environmental messaging in it. And uh, it's, I mean, it was, they relied a lot on actual scientists for the information. So uh, I would say definitely if you have Apple products, I don't think it'll work on an iPhone, but any of the other products and you have an Apple Arcade thing or you're willing to do it, I would say it's worth taking a look at if you're interested in diving. Uh, Just don't have those high expectations like we had. And maybe they'll update it and expand it and it'll be really cool or, or something. Anyway, that's all of our diving news. Now, we're going to get to that interview with Alana and Raphael. All right, let's go. Hey, Alana and Raphael, how are you guys doing this evening? Hey, guys. How are you? We're great. Thanks so much for having us on. Happy Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. Yeah, we're recording this Friday evening, but of course, people will be listening as as soon as Sunday. Who knows? With podcasts, who knows when people listen? I think a lot of people used to listen on Mondays on their way to work, but... uh, that doesn't happen as much right now. So uh, how are you guys doing over there, though? Like everything everything good in Texas? Good. Yeah, uh, you know, quarantining and social distancing uh, with the best of us here. You know, we're just taking each day at a time. Exactly. <laughs> That's really all you can do. How are you guys with it? I'm doing pretty good. I don't know. How are you, Kimber? Are you, are you doing all right? I'm making it through. I mean, I'm still here. <laughs> you know, the days have most definitely blurred all together and I've stopped counting what day we are because there's no sense in keeping track like that anymore. But, you know. Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell what the day is, sometimes what the time is. That's like the hardest thing for me during quarantine has been trying to sleep. Like my sleep schedule is completely messed up and uh, it's, oh, it's just yeah. bizarre. <laughs> Mine as well. Uh, I've been staying up to like 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., which is kind of crazy and really, really late for me. Uncharacteristic, that's for sure, but also like taking care of an infant because we have our daughter. For those right. who don't know, we have a three-month-old, so uh, definitely <laughs> weird sleep schedules. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. You don't yeah. you don't need quarantine to get that sleep schedule messed up if you have a an infant. That that'll do it by itself, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, listen, since we've got you on here, uh, the first thing I wanted to really do is is get into who you guys are and what you do. So 
um, I know what you what you do and who you are, but for everybody out there, let's talk about your YouTube channel and, and all that good stuff. For sure. Well, my name is Alana Zingano, one half of Travel the World from A to Z, and my one husband. Third, no. Oh, one third. Yes, excuse me. <laughs> <Can't> forget. <laughs> and uh, this is Raphael, my husband, aka cameraman, who is a big help. Um, with the channel as well. He really used to be kind of behind the scenes, but has uh, been helping out and kind of really enjoys being part of it as well. And then the newest addition is our little daughter, Valencia. And she is our little peanut who is going to be traveling and being our, yeah, being our little uh, sidekick on the cruises. <laughs> now you guys on your YouTube channel, uh, I know you, you do cruise vlogs and stuff, but the thing that I think of when I think of your channel that stands out are your interviews. Like you do the live streams, but you do a lot of interviews with some really interesting people. Um, who are some of the people that you have had on the, on your live streams? Yeah, our interviews are a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing them. I, we have most recently started a little bit of a series uh, since quarantine doing interviews with cruise ship entertainers. So this has ranged from musicians, magicians, and we have a few other categories that are coming up. So exciting to kind of share with that. And of course, they're just giving an inside look behind the scenes, telling us what their roles are all about and, uh, you know, giving us that look of what it's like to work on a cruise ship as a contractor, essentially. Um, but a lot of people do find me through some of my other interview series of Living at Sea. I've interviewed um, some pretty well-known people who live at sea, such as Super Mario and Mama Lee. Both respectively live on different cruise ships, different cruise lines, and they live at sea full-time. So, of course, that's incredibly interesting for anyone who's a self-proclaimed cruise addict or wants to know anything about it because it's just such an alternative lifestyle but we love to do it all that's really cool and you can watch a lot of those interviews and uh meet some of these interesting people like super mario is one of the things i definitely wanted to talk to you guys about that you know live in the dream they're living the dream right <laughs> live on a cruise ship but uh, what have you talked to him since everybody's in quarantine? Like he's, I'm assuming he's not on the ship anymore for right now. Well, we've been actually talking with Mama Lee and Mario on a weekly basis. Uh, Mama Lee's near her family in Florida and Mario with all the points that he's accrued with all the bookings of cruises and all his expenses, he's been actually using those points to travel and be with near friends. Uh, outside of the country during all of this is going on. Okay, so so, so, so still, so he's traveling and like just staying with staying with friends. I didn't know if he had like a, a land residence or not. Yeah, Mario does have a land residence, which he refers to as his home base, which is in a condo in Miami. But uh, as our correspondence with him, he's let us know that he's actually not there. He's uh, because that, you know, that kind of empty and quarantining by yourself is such an isolating experience. So he's actually abroad uh, with some friends. So he's uh, lucky enough to have, uh, you know, not only a place to stay and people to keep him company because 
for thinking about it, um, whether you're Mama Lee or Super Mario, this has got to be a maddening experience when you spend your life at sea and then spending this much time on land that's unprecedented for their lifestyle. They're, they're probably going way more stir crazy than we <laughs> thought. And we thought we were going cabin crazy cabin fever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's, that's got to be a big change. For, for all of us, it's a big change. But I, th- I really feel for the people that are out there by themselves living it alone, because that's, I mean, yeah, we can like, this is fun getting to talk to you guys over Zoom, and, and you can do social media things. But I, I don't think any of that really replaces that person to person communication and stuff. So uh, good to know that, um, that they're both with other people and, and doing well. Yeah. So, okay. So you guys, what, how many cruises have you guys been on? Like a lot, right? You've been. Yeah, we actually have been on a lot. I think up to date, we're at 19 cruises. Um, Both of us started cruising as um, teens and as a preteen, you know, cruising with our family. And um, so we, we both got to start rather young and, um, you know, we actually continued the cruise with our families. Uh, one of our most recent cruises, um, last September, we cruised with both of our parents. So, you know, it's something that we all enjoy and that we do together as a family and then, you know, with our own family together. Um, so it's, it's something that we've been doing for a while and we've, we've, with those 19 cruises, we've done a really wide variety of different cruise lines and, and try different things and, done a lot of different itineraries like Raphael has done cruises in South America with his family and then I've experienced Mediterranean cruises so like together we both have some different aspects that um he's experienced that I haven't and vice versa so we've we like to think that we've uh we've been blessed enough to try a lot and do a lot and experience some fun things yeah that's really cool so let me ask you this. I'll put you guys on the spot a little bit here. If you had to pick your favorite cruise line, generally speaking, today, we wouldn't hold you to this like two weeks from now or something, but what, what, do you have like a, an answer in your pocket or is it like a tough call or what, what's, your, what's your go-to there? It's definitely a tough call. And the reason being, because especially what we might find entertaining for, for as an adult now we've got to also consider Valencia, our daughter. <laughs> right. Now it changes the whole dynamic. A perfect example, our first cruise that is going to be, you know, hopefully it stays on schedule. If all goes well. Right. <laughs> will be uh, on MSC Armonia in September, which was actually my first cruise ship ever. So Valencia oh, wow. is going to be going on her first cruise, the same cruise that I was on. And they have a wide array of things for infants and newborns, uh, like bassinets, uh, bottle warmers. So different amenities geared towards uh, families with young, young kids. Yeah, so it's definitely going to like make our experience um, easy for transitioning to cruising by ourselves and then cruising with kids. But if we're thinking like true cruising with kids, I think Disney is probably our top favorite. If we, you know, you're making us pull the trigger and pick one, you know, we've been on three Disney cruises, had a fabulous time. I'd go on another in a heartbeat. Um, they're an awesome experience. And I've even done um, quite a bit of content of like cruising 
on Disney as an adult, because even myself had a lot of apprehensions of like, Hey, you know, back when we're single without kids, you know, it's like, Oh, do we really want to be on a Disney cruise? Like, are we going to get weird looks? What are people going to (laughs) think? I was first and foremost to have like all the skepticism and being like, why would we do that? And uh, Raphael wanted up. Uh, basically booking the cruise. Yeah, booking the cruise. I'm like, we're doing this. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, all right, I guess we are. And I'm so glad he did because we ended up going on two after that and it was a blast. So I think Disney and then um, Each every, is- everything, every other cruise line has a lot of different uh, benefits, but we've done a lot of Royal Caribbean as well. We always love our experiences on that and I think it just depends what you're looking for carnival like it's so hard to pick a favorite but right. <laughs> uh, they all have great benefits that we really do enjoy from each one it's interesting I, I never thought about uh infant perks like when when we when I knew we were going to talk to you guys I was like oh I'm going to ask them if they're going to like if they can't wait to book that Disney cruise when Blanche <laughs> gets a little bit older like that's got to be like a whole another level of excitement but uh, I never thought about like infant stuff. Is uh, that's that's really cool. That's good to know that. Yeah, um, and one thing that we cool. are really looking forward to with cruising with our daughter is um, specifically. I'm most familiar with Royal Caribbean's Crown and Anchor Society, uh, which is the rewards program. So, for instance, when you reach a certain level of status, your child. Uh, gets to take your status so oh. she gets up the ranks and kind of nice. take the easy way out and get a ton of points and um and that she's goes into royalty that's, that's what you're saying she's going to be zingano royalty she's like princess <laughs> valencia yeah she will be <laughs> uh you know ranking up all the status very fast that's, that's for sure awesome and the great thing is even, you know, once cruising resumes, we already have, I believe, four different sailings booked between Royal, MSC, and Carnival, which is going to be a great experience to see, being able to compare the, the different cruise lines and how they offer and, you know, managing an infant, you know, with that. Right. And you know what I've been thinking a lot about as well is the fact of how with this pause, everything is going to give us a new perspective of eyes. We're going to be looking back and going to cruising. And this applies to everyone, whether you have kids or not, it's going to be where we miss it so much. And it's such a long pause that it's like, we'll go back and it'll feel so fresh and new and exciting again, because sometimes you're like, you go on a back-to-back cruise and you don't get, you know, the butterflies in your stomach or, you know, you kind of loses that little bit of a spark. But I feel like for everyone, everyone is going to be so eager and anticipating the step back on that ship that when we can, it's going to be even more exciting. And then especially for us, I'm excited to kind of as Valencia grows to, to see it through her eyes as well. It just brings on that new experience. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this, because since you brought that up about, and I, and I love that perspective that it, it is, it's going to be, it's not going to be like cruising for the first time again, but it's almost going to be like that. It's going to be so refreshing and, and new again. But I don't, I don't know if you guys have struggled with this, but I have like really had a hard time, like, even thinking about cruising like normally you know i get the cruise blues after a cruise whatever i you know i get over it and i don't even have a cruise booked until october and hopefully that one won't get canceled but um but just just because of all the negative 
stuff that's out there about cruising has just made me kind of like it's hard to even sometimes do the podcast right now because I'm so in this negative bubble. So uh, have you guys experienced that at all or, or has that not been an issue for you, for you too? I think for us, because we know that it's so, I don't want to say so far, but it's, we still have a lot of time that it hasn't impacted us in the sense where our last sailing was September 2019, our first sailing is going to be in September 2020. So for us, we had a long gap. Um, And I mean, since we're still talking, we're still in April, we still got at least three, four months before it starts impacting even uh, more greatly or, you know, with the changes. So for us, it still doesn't feel real. I mean, we see what's going on and- Of course, yeah, we're in tune with the situation, but we haven't been impacted to where we've had, you know, three and four cruises canceled yet. Right. You know, it's hard because I want to be as uh, in tune with the situation, especially with, you know, when I'm posting in my Facebook group and, you know, sharing with the community, you know, on whatever platform, you know, and you're just talking about uh, travels and things like that. It's, it's definitely, you know, sensitive, but, you know, again, all, are a community and I'm sure your listeners are well as well are cruise enthusiasts so with that it's like okay everyone still wants to cruise and there was this really great article from um, the CEO of Carnival Corporation Arnold Donald and basically uh, the short of it was that he had said how he how even before the pause of cruising Uh, People wanted to cruise with everything going on on the cruise ships and people eager to cruise afterwards and just that people love it uh, no matter what. And there are the diehards. So, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, gosh, should I record this podcast? Well, yeah, because there are people like you, me, and, you know, the listeners right now who definitely can't wait to get back on the ship and we are cruise strong, right? Right. No, I I definitely want to keep putting the content out there it's just hard for me to get into i know kimber and i last week we did a, an episode and we asked a bunch of our listeners what what are the three top reasons that you love to cruise and then we just went through all these reasons and that actually helped a lot to kind of bring us back around and yeah. uh, and and see that shining light that's at the at the end of the tunnel but uh, bringing it back to basics yes yes and that, and that was and it was interesting too because you know, a, a lot of people had different ideas of what was important to them for cruising or why they loved cruising, but there were like themes that you saw throughout all the comments, like just the ocean and uh, stuff like that. So it, it was it was pretty refreshing to do that. So okay, so let's let's talk about cruising then. Let's get off of this thundercloud. I let's you, do it. you got you got the positive spin. Let's keep that going. So let's talk about why we love cruising or what we love about cruising, and and I want to know. From you guys because you have been to so many different places collectively um what would you say is one of your i won't make you say your pick your favorite because that can be difficult what is one of your favorite ports like if you were going to go on a cruise this week and you could select any port you wanted is there one that you would pick over the other ones right now yeah so i think my it's funny because it does change when you start visiting different places for a while, Labadee, Haiti, Royal Caribbean's private des- 
destination uh, was my favorite port. And then I went to Perfect Day Cook OK. And I was like, OK, scratch that. This is my favorite <laughs> port. So it evolves as you travel to new places. But as it stands, Perfect Day Cook OK is still my favorite port. Now, who's to say that when I make it to Ocean Key, that won't change? Hmm. But as you can see, there's a common theme. I really enjoy private destinations. <laughs> No, I totally agree with that. What about you, Raphael? For me, any any ports at this point, <laughs> right? it's just getting getting on the ship and you know exploring different ports. And for me, the great thing about cruising is it's like when sometimes you go to like a restaurant and you order a sampler, that you get to try a little bit of different places and you can decide, hey, I really liked the mozzarella stick, so next time I'm going to order a full serving of it. And cruising gives you that opportunity that you can go, you know, three, four different ports on a seven-day sailing, seeing different places, and you say, well, maybe next time I want to come here and spend a little bit more time and, you know, on a flight and with a hotel or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and that was some of the feedback that we got from um, from people, too, was, was that exact thing. You know, it kind of gives you a little bit of a, of a taste of different areas. And then you can either they like the fact that you just got to experience multiple things. You weren't stuck with one thing or they specifically were interested in kind of using cruises to scope out where they wanted to spend that, that extra time. I know Kimber and I have talked about that as well, kind of picking our, picking our islands and, and stuff and, and figuring out where we really want to go for the long term. So what, what would be Fantastic Studios first option? of uh, destination? Well, for me, it's, it's getting to Bonaire because when I was a kid and I started scuba diving 15 years old and I got this magazine, Skin Diver magazine, and uh, the, the cover of that magazine, the cover story of that magazine, almost every month was Bonaire, Bonaire, Bonaire. And I've never been there, but as much as I love Curacao and Aruba, but I just have to get to Bonaire and scuba dive. And now that Kimbra is a scuba diver um, and that's where we're supposed to go <laughs> in October. Uh, that's definitely the top of my list. I don't know. What, what would you say? I don't know. I haven't been to too many places yet, so I don't have much to compare to, but now that I am a diver, the ABC islands, I've heard nothing but amazing things about diving there. And I like the diving I did in Grand Cayman, so I'm ready to dive in better places too. <laughs> yeah, well, plus you live with me, so well, yeah, you can't so. you can't avoid. Kimber's about a little Curacao. brainwashed on how amazing <laughs> it is. No doubt, diving is awesome, but I can see how it's it's a lot in that whole household for you. Yeah. I'm actually really excited to go to the ABC Islands as well. It's been on my bucket list for quite some time, and also I'm scheduled itinerary in the fall so hopefully that works out for the both of us so that we can uh you know knock those out absolutely yeah i hadn't gone there i had been to a lot of other caribbean islands but hadn't been to the southern caribbean and and i wanted to check it out but i wasn't 100 percent sure what i would think of it i was more intrigued by the fact that it had sort of a desert ecosystem rather than a typical island ecosystem that you get in the caribbean but yeah it was like changed my whole cruising experience for the for the better and that's saying a lot because I haven't been to an island I didn't love yet so and I haven't where my limitation is is I have not been to the Mediterranean I, I'd love to go to South America um, some of these other places but at the same time 
I don't think I'd ever get sick of the Caribbean either. So <laughs> I don't know. Right. And with so many of these port cities that we've been to, like Nassau, for example, it's our most popular port that we've been to. We've been to it, you know, gosh, more times than I care the count. But each time we try and do something a little bit different, which spices it up, you know, we've gone and we've done city tours, we've gone and, and done Atlantis, we've gone in and done a variety of different things each time, which makes it a new experience. And I think that's what keeps it fun and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and sometimes some of those ports that people visit a lot get a little bit of a, of a negative review, but, uh, but I, like Nassau, for example, it's, it's this, I've been to Cozumel more than anywhere else, but Nassau is right behind it. And uh, yeah, I, I like other islands maybe more, but I still, I would rather be in Nassau than any place in Florida. And I like a lot of places in Florida. So <laughs> it's, it's still like, you know, it's like what they, what they say, a, a bad day on a cruise is better than you know, your best day at work or whatever. Yes, so that's the exact saying that I was trying to think. I was like, well, what is that? I won't say it right if I try it, <laughs> but I'm glad you got to spit it out because I would have said it wrong. <laughs> and, and then trying new things is important because, you know, I, I like, like you, I've been to NASA and, and I kind of found myself doing sort of the same things over and over and they were okay. But um, the last time I was in NASA, it was, it was on a, ooh, there's thunder going on. It was on a, a group cruise and um, we did, we had a lot of fun. We kind of wandered around. We went to the um, rum distillery and stuff like that. Like we had a lot of fun, but it's stuff that I had done before. Then we get back on the ship and somebody else who was on the group cruise went diving in NASA and there were like sharks everywhere. And I was like, oh, I would love to do that. Like I had no <laughs> idea that that was even a thing that happened. Like I knew there were shark diving in NASA, but I didn't know it was an option on, on a cruise, which I don't think it was specifically supposed to be about sharks, but apparently this wreck always has them so you never know what you can find i mean i know not everybody wants to die with sharks but there's stuff out there different things you can try on, on all these islands and and just going back to visit them over and over and over again is is uh, also fun so for you guys what is going to be the first activity that you guys are going to do once you guys get on a ship oh huh. what, what do you think explore explore well I mean we're going on the horizon. Right, which is like a completely new world to me because I've only been on smaller ships. So being able to be on a bigger ship and see some of those bigger ship things is like, I am excited and ecstatic to see some of that stuff. This is also my first cruise with more than just one other person. So I'm excited to just experience that, like not only seeing the bigger ship, but seeing that bigger ship with friends and family. Yeah. I think, you know, how people that have been on a ship for a long time and they get off the ship and they kiss the ground because they're happy to be back on land. I might kiss the ship just to, <laughs> <laughs> to be back on a cruise ship or something. I don't sanitize know. Sanitize afterwards. Yeah. I'll sanitize before and afterwards, or maybe I'll just do an air kiss. I don't know, but uh, I, they have the red frog pub on the carnival horizon. And if you're the first one there, you get a free beer. So maybe we'll head straight for the red frog pub. Oh no, they don't have the red frog pub. What am I saying? That's on the horizon. They have the barbecue place. I wonder if they do the same thing on the barbecue place. They have that instead. I don't know. Oh, if you guys know out there, let me know. Fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Do you get the free beer thing if you're the first <laughs> ones at the barbecue spot? They do, have the, um, they do have the brewery on board, which is if you're a beer person, that's um, Carnival makes good beer. Surprise! I was surprised uh, by that, but they really do make good quality beers. 
I've heard about that, getting that free beer and even getting your picture taken and it stays up on a wall and you're in like a little hall of fame. <laughs> so if they do have it with that version on the horizon, by all means, go for it. You'll be famous. Yeah, we'll make an, we'll make an attempt if it's a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, with Carnival, like every new ship that they're coming out, it has a new innovation. Like example, with the Panorama, with the Sky Zone. You know, with the Mardi Gras, with all these different foods, uh, the roller, first roller coaster. So it's great that you get to explore, even within the same brand, different, it's new. Different experiences. Right. Yeah. right. And even just being on any ship, even, even sailing like a ship I've sailed before, I still explore when I get on there because I'm not on there enough that, that um, you know, it still feels a little bit new to me. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting because the Vista and the Horizon are, are obviously sister ships. And I've been on the Vista twice. Um, I had a kind of a, still a great cruise, but it was a little bit underwhelming the first time. And then the second time I felt like they fixed everything that I was underwhelmed by on the first one. But a lot of people I know went on the Vista and didn't necessarily love it. And then they went on the Horizon and did. So I'm really curious to see if that is a, a big upgrade for me or if it feels as just like the Vista did on, on my second trip, which was there's certain, there's things about the, that Vista class that I, I really, really like. And I think, I don't know if the MSC uh, Armonia has this, but I feel like some of the MSC ships have this too, where what I really like is they have that deck that's just very open and like the bars, the restaurants, they have seating outside and you just feel like you're more in touch with the ocean and just with the fresh air, instead of kind of walled in in the middle of the ship where you can't see, you know, like the typical pool deck or something like that. Um, is, is, that right. how, is that how the MSC, I know there's some MSCs that are like that. Is that Yeah, the so seaside? the Seaside um, okay. has, the, has a large one, and I think they're called, um, well, don't quote me on this, but um, I think they're called like boardwalks, possibly they're called boardwalks on Norwegian. That sounds right. I'm getting it confused though, because Norwegian has them as well. But uh, yeah, they're really fun. Like they have um, all the outside seating. So a lot of times the specialty restaurants will have that indoor and outdoor seating. And even like if there's a cupcake shop or the ice cream or, you know, the cafe, you can, you know, they'll have a window that was both indoors and outdoors. It's great for, uh, for walking around the ships. And I've even, like when I first get on the ships, talking about when you go and explore, I've, I've gone live and walked around those uh, promenade decks and uh, had a lot of fun going live and showcasing the ship because not only do you get to see, you know, the port, if it's, you know, gorgeous weather and everything, but seeing like, oh, well, here's this restaurant and here's this restaurant. So it's a, it's a fun way to see the ship and knock it all out. Absolutely. So question for you guys, another one. Sure. Any itinerary that you could pick in the world, put money aside, <laughs> pick itinerary and the cruise line. What would it be for you guys? Well, we, we sort of did this, although um, we kind of restricted it within proximity. But if, if you took all the proximity things out of it, like you could go to, you know, Alaska today and then, and then you're on your way to the Mediterranean. I think, for, for me, I would still hit the ABC Islands. <laughs> like those would be right there. But then um, my next stop would be uh, of, of ports that I'm 
familiar with that I know about would be going over to Australia because I really <laughs> want to get to Australia and I might just stay there. But, uh, but that, that would be my, that'd be my thing. What, what about you, Kimber? So I was going to say um, the ABC Islands and then I'd like to go to Australia. Oh, look at that. <laughs> That's why this works so well. <laughs> I mean, that's just where I would like to visit no matter what. And of course, if I can do it on a cruise, it's all the better. But um, yeah, I I would love to see some of South America too, though, to be honest. That's like, and and I would like to go to Europe. I would love to do the Mediterranean. I I would love to see, because I I have a passion for art history and and stuff. So I would love to see some of the historical architecture and, and the museums and stuff over there as well. And then I'm also... Um, enamored with the UK, so I'd love to get to Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, all of it. <laughs> yeah, those are some great destinations. Yeah. So what? What about you guys? What's your What's your ultimate itinerary? If you if money wasn't an ob- object, French Polynesia. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I think that has been on my list for forever. I dreamed that uh we would honeymoon there but uh we basically joke that every trip since we've been married is our honeymoon so maybe we'll that honeymoon trip to the french polynesia will happen someday um but definitely that's like the biggest uh bucket list destination but r- why not wrap it all up with a world cruise right do i have to, do I have to get <laughs> yeah. off the ship can we just go everywhere uh, yeah is, is French, I'm not super familiar with French Polynesia. Is that the place where they have that famous resort where the, you have the little cabins that are on the water? Is that, right. is that, okay, Bora, yeah. <laughs> Bora Bora, Tahiti, um, you know, just that crystal clear, beautiful yeah. water. You wake up, the ocean's right there. You can hang out on, uh, off your deck and into a net that's like almost laying in the water and, uh, yeah, it's like the screensaver on your computer, basically. Like you guys go there, and and you you know you want to take me along. I'm not going to complain. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, I mean for for me, and I think I, I shouldn't speak for Kimber, but I think she's probably going to say the same thing. Like it's it's mostly about the wildlife and what we can see. So. <laughs> um, I've never dove in, in the anywhere except for the Caribbean and the Atlantic. Uh, I've been told that if you dive in, you know, the Pacific and some of those places that it'll spoil the Caribbean for you because it's so much more amazing. I don't think it would because I still get excited if I swim in a lake, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think it would definitely be something I would enjoy immensely. I think it would raise your bar. Might. Yeah, might. <laughs> so, um, so speaking of creatures, I don't know if you guys, are you guys creature people or are you guys like, oh, the creatures are okay over there? <laughs> uh, well, I think I'd say for the most part, creatures are okay over there. I mean, I walked through a cobweb the other day and I nearly lost it. That's, so. that's completely different. Cobwebs are not creatures. <laughs> cobwebs mean spiders and spiders are evil. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> that's My different. My goodness, spiders are evil. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what. Well, for, you'll have Kimber on your team for that one. Talked, <laughs> like Matt, how how we had talked about it before, you know, we still got to do the scuba diving with the sharks, you know, in the aquarium. Yes. So I mean, for me, I'm that's still my list. 
Absolutely. Now, Raphael's Ra- a little bit more brave than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Raphael, would you be comfortable diving with sharks outside of an aquarium setting? Yeah. What about not in a cage? A freestyle? Uh, depends. Are we talking about nursing sharks? Yes. Are we talking about great whites? No. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the sharks I've seen are nurse sharks or I've seen um, reef sharks and I've seen black tip sharks. And um, I think that's about it that I've swam with. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, 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 it is cool. Next, yeah, next time you guys are down, um, we'll get you, we'll get you in the aquarium and go scuba diving. It's a lot yeah. of fun. We'll shoot all four of us together. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, you can, and you can swim with the sharks, even if you're not scuba certified. So we can't get, uh, although Valencia is a little young, but I, I think <laughs> what's the, what's the minimum age on, on swimming with the sharks? Is it? Um, for sharks, it's nine, but we have the, the heart of the sea. She can do it when she's six. And there oh, are, wow. and there are sharks in the heart of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> there a little, little bitty, yeah, a little bitty bonnethead sharks. So yeah. so in six years we'll get her in the water there we go matt i think you would actually love um this experience i'm talking about swimming with sharks i remember when uh we were cruising out of uh san diego uh, and ensenada was one of the ports of call i was looking at excursions for what we wanted to do and doing my my homework on you know what was offered and this was an excursion that well, frankly, once I did more research, I realized it wasn't really an excursion, but it was a whole other cruise where you would go and stay for a couple days and um, basically cruise out and drop anchor essentially uh, somewhere off of Ensenada and you basically be swimming with sharks and it's a whole like elaborate company that puts this together and uh, it really sounds up your alley. So I think you should look into it. I, I know there are some trips like that and some of my coworkers have done those and I've seen the video footage and uh, they're a little pricey, but, but maybe they're on my bucket list because the video footage they get is amazing. Like the different species of sharks and manta rays and it just looks really cool. I know, I know whale sharks is something that is an excursion you can do on cruise ships over in the uh, Pacific on that side. Um, we, well, I did it over here in Mexico on the Atlantic side, but um, it was a, it was a lot. It was like three hours there, 20 minutes in the water, three hours back kind of a deal. And it was worth it. But, um, but I know like Sherry from cruise tips TV, I I think she did a whale shark encounter and it was by chance because whatever they were going to do, like got canceled. So they just happened to go on a whale shark encounter. And I'm like, you just happened to go on a whale shark encounter. (laughs) That's amazing. And, yeah. and I've seen a lot of footage from over there. It looks like it's it's pretty outstanding. So maybe yeah, if I get over to that coast. Sometimes the creatures just want to be seen and want to make True. appearances in our vlogs and our videos. It's just like when we went to Alaska, we ended up going on an excursion that was not a whale watching excursion, but we saw more whales <laughs> than the people who were on the whale watching excursion. <laughs> so how does that happen? I don't know. They just want to be YouTube famous as well. Right. Yep. You can, you can, uh, you can tell people what you think the animals will do. You know, like a, a good friend of mine, biologist friend of mine used to say, people write the books about the animals, but the animals don't necessarily read them. So <laughs> you, never <know. laughs> you never know what you're going to get. That's pretty right. awesome though. 
All right, well, we're, I think, about out of time here. But before we go, first of all, I want to thank you guys for hanging out and talking to us. It's nice to see you guys again and uh, actually be able to talk to you live is, is a lot of fun. Before we go, let everybody know where they can find you and, and what you can look forward to seeing right about now. Uh, well, thank you, Matt and Kimbrough, for having us on. It's been a pleasure and a blast to talk cruising with you guys. But all of my socials are Alana Zingano. So you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the things, even TikTok. We're doing it all. <laughs> so we're having a lot of fun and you can connect with us for daily cruising updates and everything in between on all the socials. And uh, we're still pumping out some content with cruise vlogs, you know, with our uh, little one's arrival, we had packed in quite a bit of cruises in a short amount of time. So we're still sitting on a lot of vlogs. So we intend to keep releasing them and, you know, living through those memories. So uh, currently we're working on some Mariner of the Seas videos uh, back from when it was Hurricane Dorian. So cruising during yeah. hurricane season, which will be happening again sooner than later before we know it. So um yeah, cranking that stuff out and enjoying enjoying those memories. Is is Valencia doing the TikToks with you? <laughs> she has got <laughs> to make a TikTok uh, appearance, but soon soon to come. Okay. Very cool. And we will put links to all that in the show notes. So if you guys are listening and uh, you don't remember that, but you can find you can find them pretty easily. But otherwise, just go to the show notes, and you will be able to find all of that information. Well, thank you guys again, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. And better yet, hopefully we'll see you guys again soon in person. Thank you. Thanks so much. Ciao for now. Thank you. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we did get to meet them in person. We did. Yeah, that was... We went to the Columbia yeah. and uh, fought through a rainstorm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And all the We went on the trolley, and all the trolleys broke down because of the, the storm. It was, it that was, was fun. Yeah, it was, it was great. But but it was nice to meet them. And, uh, they, of course, they were – they didn't – well, they sort of had Valencia with them at that time. But she was not out in the world. Was was she? I think Alana was pregnant. Oh, okay. But I so, don't, so Valencia was there. She just wasn't there. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks to them for joining us. And definitely go check out their YouTube channel. Lots of great content over there. So don't miss it. Yeah. And that sound means it is cruise creature time. So since we talked to Alana and Raphael, Raphael talks about doing the, the shark swim at the aquarium all the time. So we thought we would pick a shark. Yes, sharks. So we're going to, we've, we've done, I think, nurse sharks. Have we done whale sharks on this? I think we did whale sharks. We did whale sharks. I think we did nurse sharks. Did we do nurse yeah, sharks? Yeah, we did nurse we sharks. Did nurse okay. So, um. Those are two sharks I've seen in person. And another shark species that I have seen in person while scuba diving are black tip sharks. Have you ever seen a black tip shark? I've not. So you can see black tip sharks. Some aquariums do have them. Not to be confused with the black tip reef shark. Which, which is, is what I got confused which with. Which is different. We used to have one of those at the Florida Aquarium. Yeah. We don't anymore. But anyway, uh, black tip sharks are, are different. The, the reef sharks, they're about the same size. Both of them are usually around four to five feet and uh but the but the reef sharks are 
a little bit more rounded snout. They're a little bit more slow swimmers. So they're more common in aquariums, actually, than the regular black tip sharks. And they're also in another part of the world. So you'll never see a black tip reef shark in the Caribbean because they're not there. They're not there. Okay. But you could see a black tip shark. I've, I've seen them in two places. One, I've seen them at, a, at Apollo Beach where there is a manatee viewing center and the power plant Basically, to cool the power plant, it heats the water. And so in the winter, they open this up for free to the public. Apollo Beach is about 20 minutes south of Tampa. And you can go see manatees coming in there to enjoy that warmer than 68 degree water. But also you get spotted eagle rays, you get uh, southern stingrays, Atlantic stingrays, tarpon, and you get bonnethead sharks and black tip sharks. So I've seen them there. And then I was scuba diving with kids Oh, probably a decade ago, doing a, a scuba camp, and uh, we were diving in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, the the dive instructor, we came to the, we had just come to the surface. The kids were starting to get back on the boat, and he came over to me and he was like, "Hey, Matt, Matt, don't say anything until all the kids are on the boat, but look over there." And there was like a whole school of black tip sharks feeding up at the surface. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So we didn't want to freak the kids out. I don't know if they would have been freaked out. It wasn't very intimidating. I mean, they look, black tip sharks actually account for a pretty large percentage of, of shark attacks in Florida. Oh. Like 17% or something like that of shark attacks. But here's the thing. Uh, most of them are very, very minor. I don't think there's ever been any super serious attacks because they're just not that big. So what happens is... Usually over on the Atlantic coast where people are maybe doing things like surfing, the sharks get confused because they're fairly timid, but they, they feed at the surface. They get confused and they just accidentally bite a person, realize it's not what they're looking for, and they go about their, they go on their way. And then the person says, ouch, they go get a Band-Aid. The media makes it sound like they lost their leg, and then everybody's afraid of sharks. It's like when you take a bite of spinach and you don't like it, and then you spit it out and eat something else. I, if you don't like spinach, that would definitely be the case. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, these sharks would probably spit spinach out. They're not spinach eaters. They are actually piscivores. Piscivore. Yeah, I know that sounds... They eat fish. They eat fish. That's right. Pisces. So they are pretty specific fish eaters. And having that pointy snout actually allows them to do something really cool. They have a really neat hunting strategy. What they do is they go usually underneath a school of fish, so small school of fish, and uh, instead of just swimming through it and all the fish scatter, they have a way to sort of confuse the fish and, and increase their odds of catching one. And what they do is they actually spin as they sort of torpedo through the school of fish. And they do it with such high velocity that they will come up out of the water. So you'll see them. That's where I see them in Apollo Beach. I see them actually jumping up out of the water and splashing down as they spin through the through the air. That's cool. It's really cool. It's very, very cool to see them doing that behavior. So that is how they get their food. Now, uh, here's the thing about sharks. A lot of people ask me when, when I'm talking about animals, one of the common questions I get is, how old are they? Do you know how you can tell how old a shark is? By how many teeth it has. No, you just count the candles on their birthday cake, and then you, you just... No. No, actually, neither one of those works, because sharks keep regenerating their teeth, so they keep getting more teeth. But uh, do you know how you can tell how old a tree is? By its rings. That's right. And uh, 
Trees have more than five fingers. No, they, they don't have any fingers. <laughs> they, and we have more than five fingers, too. Anyway, trees, you count the rings. I was trying to make a joke, and I failed. But sharks have, they, they don't have a trunk, but they do have they do have a backbone. Now, they are cartilaginous fish. They don't have a bone made out of, of they don't have a bone made out of skeleton or a skeleton made out of bone, as a matter of fact. But their vertebrae are a pretty hard substance, and you can actually take their vertebrae. So obviously this doesn't work very well on a live shark, or it won't be live after you do this. But on a, on a shark that's been caught or is dead, you can look at these vertebrae and you can count rings on there, and it'll give you a pretty approximate age for these sharks. And we know that they live at least 12 years. And they may live a lot longer than that, but we know at least 12 years. Hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, different sharks. So sharks are trees. Sharks are trees. That's exactly what I was trying to say. So uh, so we do know that that these guys are out there. They're doing pretty well. Now, here's the crazy thing. Okay, these sharks, they can breed and make little baby sharks. They're viviparous. You ever heard that word before? I've heard that word viviparous so they're the so if you are an animal uh for most animals you have you have three options you can be viviparous you can be oviparous or you can be ovoviviparous and this has to do with how you have your young so humans are viviparous we are live bears okay um most fish not all but most fish are oviparous that means they're egg layers there are some viviparous fish like our friend the black tip shark and then there are some that are ovoviviparous, which means that they have eggs, but they don't lay the eggs. There's there's not the same egg casing, but there's not a placental connection. So the eggs basically develop inside mama, and then they sort of emerge from their, their egg state, and then they're born. So it appears they're born live, but really they're technically from an egg. Interesting. Right. There are even There's even a lizard that... And part of its range, they live on an island, I believe in New Zealand, part of their range, they are viviparous, and part of their range, they are oviparous. Because basically, it's cold in the, in the middle, and uh, the, the climate's harsher, and so those animals have actually adapted within the same species to have live babies, because they, they wouldn't be able to incubate, eggs wouldn't be able to incubate. But the ones that are near the coast where it's warmer they still get the benefit of eggs laying eggs interesting right that's pretty cool right anyway um these sharks can have live babies they usually have a few live pups puppy sharks but they can also reproduce without a male oh they don't need no men no oh. men necessary if you're a black tip shark because black tip sharks can do something called parthenogenesis. Parthenogenesis means that you can have offspring. It's basically you're making little clones of mommy and uh, and you don't need a male. Now you don't get any genetic diversity, so this doesn't work well for long term. And in the case of the black tip sharks, instead of having like four or five or so babies, they have usually one when they do it this way. But it can keep it can keep the population going under certain circumstances. It's a virgin birth, a true virgin birth. Interesting. Right? Crazy. So yeah, so black tip sharks, they are, they're pretty cool. And uh, your chances of seeing them are not super good, I don't think, but maybe because they are kind of coastal, tropical, subtropical. If you're scuba diving, if you're out on a, on a chartered boat, maybe if you're really lucky on a cruise ship, you, but they're pretty shy, 
Or if you come to Florida during the winter, go to Apollo Beach, and you will probably see some black tip sharks. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap everything up. So let's head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. All right, Kimber, the show's over. What are we going to do now? Go to the go to the family room, go to the kitchen, go to the stay in the computer room, the command center. Let's go for a walk. Oh, we could go for a walk. Maybe we'll see our turtle friends. Yeah, go see our turtles and take Reno out so he gets tired and sleeps all night. Sounds good.